guess. Hello world, huh? <laughs> oh, wow! In your life have you seen anything like that? Light the candle! What? Well, I thought Poulter was number two in the world. <laughs> um. <laughs> Expect anything different? All possible, Garrett. Yes, it is, Frank. Yes, it is. And <laughs> <laughs> how about the rise smile on Tiger's face? Yeah. What's happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode <laughs> of the Sunday Red Podcast. We have another awesome interview lined up for you all. We're joined by Mr. Matt Hill today on the show. Most of you know by Matt Hill by uh, winning the Jack Nicholas Award for being the top collegiate golfer in 2009 in the NCAA lot to talk about. Uh, first of all, Kari, Jacko, what's happening, fellas? Jack, let's go right over to you. Nice and early. Yeah. What's happening? Well, I'm getting used to this. I'm ready. I'm sitting here. I'm always ready. But I'm I'm excited for this one. You know, Matty Hill, a Canadian icon in golf, uh, you know, right up there with the likes of uh, Mr. Tiger Woods himself in, in the NCAA. But one little thing before we start the episode today, right before we got on air, Colin, Tried to throw it over to me and ask me if I wanted to do, to do the intro. Let me tell you, there's something to be said about knowing your role. I know my role. I sit here. I'm the co-pilot. Co-pilot. I'll sit here in the front seat. When we pull over to fill for gas, I'm that guy. I'm going in the gas station, getting a six-rack of beer, going in the back seat, and I'm going to sit back and relax, baby. Here we go. Well, Rick, what's going on, brother? Here I am in coach or whatever. But uh, <laughs> what's happening, fellas? Ready for it? You know what that's that sound of by any chance? Went for some wedge practice at the park the other day. Oh wow. uh, yeah, those are my balls whistling through the air. Uh, a <laughs> little bit out the forehead. A little bit thin on most uh, approaches, but I hit about fifty balls, maybe thirty-five pulls, two blocks, and the rest were somewhat uh, respectable. <laughs> Worked on the wedge game a little bit. Um, I can't wait for golf courses to open. I. I saw a little bit on social media, like some some states and some provinces are trying to find some soft opening dates. So that's exciting news for this podcast. Um, I'll let the Matt Hill interview talk for itself. Uh, what a guy, what a resume in golf. Um, he was a special guy to have on. Like when we started this podcast thing, he's one of the guys that was on my bucket list. I I, I would love to pick his brain and, and it happened. So I hope you guys enjoy that interview. Um, I'll tease. Hopefully we'll have a part two coming up uh, with Matt Hill eventually. Um, obviously listen to the first one, but we have some more Matt Hill content coming hopefully. A um, couple things I want to talk about. Um, did you guys happen to catch the Pat Prez interview on subpar? Did not. Okay, they talk about, uh, I guess Pat was playing with uh, Tiger Woods and he asked him about potentially playing on the Champions Tour at some point. And uh, Tiger came back, he said, the, on the only thing I want to play, like over 50 or whatever, is I want to play on the, the U uh, Senior U.S. Open. I want to compete for a Senior U.S. Open so he can have like the U.S. Junior, the USM, the U.S. Open, and the Senior Open. I think that's a pretty cool remark. How do you guys feel about that one? I, I, I love it. One thing, I want you to fact check me on this, but would he have to go for the triple trifecta? He won the U.S. Junior three times, USM three times. How many U.S. Opens does he have? He has uh, three. Three U.S. Opens, so he's got to win the U.S. Senior Open three times. The triple, that would be the triple, what would that even be, the quadruple facta? I don't know. <laughs> I, I like my favorite comment of that whole podcast is Colt Nose is like, yeah, but he doesn't have a U.S. mid-am. <laughs> 
<laughs> that, that actually made me laugh. Um, U.S. pub links. Yeah, Simo, what do you uh, what do you think about that? I love it. I hope he goes for it. I hope his body uh, is still in a position. I think when he's that age, he'll be playing two events a year. He'll be playing two weeks before the U.S. Senior Open, and he'll be playing the U.S. Senior Open. I think that's it. If that's his goal, that's what he's going to gear towards. I hope we see him out there. I, I think at the very least, he'd be tipping it up at Augusta, too. He's going to be like Freddie Couples, always a chance to win at Augusta. Oh, yeah, 100%. We're not going to rule that guy out with those Augusta greens for sure. One more interesting Tiger fact I had before we get rolling into things is uh, I read an interview with uh, Bridgestones. I don't know. It must be like their CEO or CFO, whoever's responsible for their golf division. Um, They're talking about uh, designing Tiger's golf ball and his uh, once he was at a contract with Nike, um, the, the potential of him playing different golf balls. It says in that article that uh, Bridgestone and Tiger have a 20-year relationship working with a golf ball. So that opens up some eyes as far as who is making his golf ball for Nike. I know there's speculation all over the place as uh, what kind of irons he was playing back in the day or what kind of uh, what kind of uh, equipment he's actually playing. But to hear the 20-year year relationship with the golf ball, uh, that opens some eyes for sure because he does yeah. play a higher spinning ball than anyone else on tour. Wow. Love yeah, it. and and you kind of always you always thought about that. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I was out there as like a special edition one tour or whatever or whatever golf ball he's playing for Nike. Um, but uh, it is a fun fact that Tiger is playing the stock uh, Tour B XS. Yeah, uh, wow. right off the shelf, that's his golf ball. The Tour BX was uh, they had input from uh, Bryson um, and Matt Kuchar and like Lexi Thompson and, and other names like that. The Tour BXS was designed for Tiger specifically. The other thing we got to talk about, I think there's quite the match coming up in the next couple weeks. Well, I think Simo was about to tease it. Simo, I was going to tease it. They 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 announced it. Tiger, Peyton Manning against Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady. First of all, what do you guys think of those teams? I like them a lot. Who's your pick? Tiger and Peyton all day, all day. I think okay. it's a tough, a tough matchup. Let me, let me see, let me, let me just tell you why. I think Tiger plays the best when he's kind of really serious, and I think Peyton's kind of a serious guy. Phil's Phil likes to joke around a little more when things are a little loose. It's like he plays a little bit better when his things aren't as focused. You look at Tom Brady; he's a kind of a, a little jokester. People don't know that, but I think that team has a big advantage going into that match. To me, the teams somewhat bother me, and I'll tell you why. Like you take Tiger, who's had multiple back surgeries, knee surgeries, everything worked on his body. You take Peyton, who had almost career-ending neck surgery. And you put them against two guys that played their whole career without too many serious injuries other than the arthritis and slowing down a little bit by, by age. So for some reason, Tiger and Brady makes more sense against Peyton and Phil. That's like the matchup for me. Um, as far as a winner goes, I'm going to go against you, Simo, here. And I, I will go Tiger and uh, Peyton. Um, I don't know why I'm saying that, but as long as he's healthy, I'll take his iron game every day of the week. The reason I'm going Tiger, not just because I would never, ever bet against him, which I would never well, that's do that. the main reason. Yeah, the that's second the main reason, reason is never once in his career has he ever lost to Phil Mickelson twice in a row. Ever. Okay. <laughs> he lost to him last year for $9 million. He's not losing him to this year. Uh, I, he, there is Tom, Tom, there is Tom Brady Tiger's in that equation. 
doesn't yeah. matter. Tiger's going to put Peyton on his back, bury Tom Brady, and just absolutely slap Phil around that golf course. I will say this. The first match, to me, although I'm a huge fan of the idea, I thought it was absolutely pathetic. Um, it wasn't good TV. The jokes were cheesy. Um, the bets were cheesy. The golf, uh, unfortunately, was uh, was not very strong. And it was just a tough sell for me. So I really hope that uh, Tiger and Phil bring somewhat of their A slash slash B plus games. And uh, we get a little bit more entertainment value because it seemed a little stretched out the first time. And I think a lot of people uh, feel that way. Um, but either way, I'm going to do watch it. T- Tiger's not concerned about the match. Tiger's concerned about making entertaining TV. His mind is going to, and I'm a big Tiger fan, but his mind's going to be elsewhere. Phil and Brady are going to be under the radar there and they're going to, they're going to stomp him. I'm calling the stomp. stomp. We no don't know chance. the format yet that either though. Here's what's going to happen. It's going to be a little dewy out there. I got a feeling Phil's going to think he's a football player. He's going to try to go deep for Tom to hit him with a pass down the middle of the fairway. He's going to slip, blow the MCL and can't finish the match. I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. <laughs> you ever see the video like of Tony Fino? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot like Fino, but I'm just saying, you know, Phil's always thinking he's a big football player there at the waste management. He's always trying to toss the ball around. He's going to hurt himself. It'll be good TV regardless. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. I'm excited for it. There we have it. All right, fellas, let's uh, let's jump into the Maddie interview. We hope you all enjoy. Be sure you hit that subscribe button. Share this out with a friend. Follow us on social media at Sunday Red Pod. And without further ado, uh, go ahead and please meet Matt Hill. Mr. Huff, Mr. Giner is ready for your interview. Actually, we'll be interviewing as a team. We're here to fuck shit up. Oh, What is happening, everybody? Welcome back to the Sunday Red Podcast. Joining us today on the show, standing six foot three, weighing in at a fit 185 pounds, born September 12th, 1988, in the southwestern Ontario city of Sarnia, home of the Sting. Matt had a storied amateur career. As a member of the North Carolina State golf team, he won the NCAA individual title in 09, which along with seven other victories that season alone equaled Tiger Woods' record for most wins by a college golfer in a single season. He won the Haskins Award and the Jack Nicholas Award that year as the most outstanding collegiate golfer in 2009 and was named the 2009 ACC Male Athlete of the Year. He's the 2012 Canadian Tour Money List winner and the Dakota Dunes Casino Open champion. Little known facts, Matt loves to read fictional novels. And in a 2005 interview with the Sarnia Press, stated his love for Margaret Atwood. He's a love... (laughs) (laughs) Who? He's he's a lover of golf course architecture, (laughs) loves to write golf course tales, and is a closet lover of opera, specifically Vincenzo Bellinelli. But more importantly than that, He's a loving husband and father of his one-and-a-half-year-old daughter, Ray. He is none other than Matt, the hitman, a.k.a. Hillsy Hill. Matt, welcome <laughs> to the show, man. Pretty good there. Thanks for having me, guys. You got that it, Matt. intro any up? good or what, eh? Wow, that was something else. Was that Margaret Atwood? <laughs> I knew when I said Margaret Atwood, I was like, I got to be a pro and go through it, but I couldn't. I couldn't hold it. I buckled, I buckled there, too. 
Uh, what's been uh, happening, man? What's uh, what's keeping you busy during these times? Um, been pretty busy with the family. Um, last month. Um, obviously, I haven't been able to play golf. So, uh, yeah, I've been uh, kind of a stay-at-home dad. Been uh, doing lots of cooking, hanging out with my daughter, teaching her uh, all sorts, trying to teach her all sorts of stuff. And yeah, it's been fun with her and uh, a little different role. Um, just being at home all the time, but, uh, yeah, just trying to stay busy and, um, been working out a lot too. So, uh, just a combination of those things pretty much. Nice, man. So, uh, I want to start off. So in 2010, you skipped your last year of college, you turned pro any details, like any details you can give us on that Nike contract you signed. Um, uh, <laughs> I wish I, I wish I asked for more money, but, uh, <laughs> um, no, it was, uh, at the time I, uh, yeah, played well in college. Um, I just felt like for me, I was just kind of interested in the pro game and I felt like I was ready for that step. And, you know, from the moment I was a kid, all I wanted to do was play on the PGA tour and, um, talk to my coach and he thought I was ready and, um, a few other people and they said the same thing. So, uh, yeah, I just decided to, uh, get uh, school and I had an opportunity to sign with Nike and uh, get some exemptions, get some starts. And um, I just went that op- uh, that route. And, uh, you know, I don't really regret any of that. So. Yeah. So, so when, when you did, uh, I think actually in 2009, your first start on the PGA Tour is the AT&T. It, it, I, I want to make sure is the rumor true that it was none other than uh, Mr. Tiger Eldrick Woods himself uh, giving the invite. Yeah, I got an invite from uh, Tiger and a uh, message from Tiger and the tournament director. And uh, yeah, it was unbelievable. Um, actually, uh, <laughs> it was pretty crazy. I think I was, I don't know, I had like a couple weeks off and I think I was partying with the boys like Friday <laughs> night and woke up. I, I don't know, I was feeling a little rough Saturday morning and my dad called me. I'm like, what the heck? And uh, he said, yeah, you uh, you just got a call from uh, a tournament director at uh, AT&T and uh, you got an invite into his tournament. And I'm like, holy shit, I got to get, you know, get get home and I got to start practicing. Let's go. <laughs> a little sobering. <laughs> did that sober you up pretty quick? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it did actually. Yeah. 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 For Nothing like a little yeah. adrenaline to get you right back on top. Yeah. Eh? yeah, it was something. I'll never remember that. Yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty funny. But uh yeah, it was cool and um, unbelievable experience. Uh, getting an invite for that, something I'll always remember, and Tigers tournament. So yeah, it was really cool. Just going uh, back to even like the Nike deal, is there anyone cool you met along the way? Let's say like a Nike athlete that you just didn't expect to run into, and uh, kind of maybe maybe you ran into them during that process, and you're like, wow, this is unbelievable. Um. Trying to think in that process, uh, if I really ran into any athletes. I mean, lots of golfers, um, mm-hmm. lots of like guys that were with Nike at the time too. Um, but um, I mean, along the way, I played golf with a few guys that were pretty cool. But um, yeah, I can't really think of anyone at the time. But um, over time, yeah, definitely met some cool people through golf. Yeah, I want to I want to turn back the clock a little bit here, and I want to kind of talk about the your your win at the Ontario Junior Championship. I think it was at Bayview. Is that in Markham, yeah. I believe? 
Can you, uh, anything you remember about that tournament? That was kind of your, I think your first, uh, like, uh, provincial championship at that level. And, uh, what did you remember about the week and, uh, anything about even the golf course or anything like that? Yeah, I love the golf course. Actually, that's, uh, that's kind of a sneaky, good one, kind of, uh, under the radar in Toronto. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just remember I had, there's like the two really easy par fives you start off with at that course and mm-hmm. i think i pretty much butchered them every day like i don't think i heard either of them <laughs> so did i that, kind of <laughs> i didn't cover though but two easy par fives out of the gate and uh and then i kind of got it going and had a battle actually with uh graham byerjean good buddy of mine and uh he actually ended up nipping me by one in the canadian junior that year so he got got me back and i think i beat him by one uh the ontario junior so yeah, it was fun. It was a battle. Well, speaking spe- speaking of Byerjan, I was going to wait for this question a bit, Matt. But, uh, you know, you, you spent your, your collegiate career at NC State. Um, a lot of people don't know it's North Carolina, Canada State. <laughs> you know, yeah. you mentioned Graham Byerjan. But you were really the, I call it the founding father of making that, you know, one of the marquee Canadian golf schools, you know, mix that in with Kent State. There's really nowhere else any of us Canadians go to school if we're any good. Obviously, neither uh, the three hosts of this podcast did anything with, yeah. with them. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, like, what, what what was that, you know, you making the decision to go there? And then obviously you probably led a bit in the recruiting efforts to, to get the folks down there. Yeah, actually, um, my roommate for the whole time was there um, and a buddy, good buddy, Brad Ravel. He's from Kingston. He actually went there the year before me, so he he kind of started it. He kind of told the coach about me and recruited me. He was a good junior. He won the Ontario Junior uh, twice, actually. Good mm-hmm. junior player and uh, became good friends playing. We had a couple battles in junior golf, um, and he told the coach about me, and uh, that was kind of it. That was it. Was basically between there and Kent State, and um, <laughs> I don't know. I think the girls that. NC State might have been a little bit better than Ken. Uh, <laughs> a bit warmer weather, so. Yeah. Who has who, who has better parties, NC or uh, Kent? Uh, I don't know about that. I imagine the the boys at Kent had a good time too, but uh, we had some good ones at NC State for sure. Oh, that's oh. awesome. Yeah, because you, you like go down NC the list. You, yeah, yeah. You go you go down the list, or you look at all of these Canadian sets going, and it's uh, it's it's really cool to see right like there's really two the two schools but between yourself uh Ravel, Byerjan, uh, Albin Choi, Mitch Sutton like the list goes on yeah so yeah, I, I think sure. what was the Crazy. requirement is you have to win the Ontario Junior before you get the yeah. recruit yeah that's it yeah win the Ontario Junior and yeah still waiting Jack- for my call Jack- still waiting for my call you should go back at age 30 <laughs> um Quick, a uh, quick question as far as the ACC Athlete of the Year for our listeners uh, in Canada, they might not understand the magnitude of that award uh, coming out of NC2A uh, Division One as a golfer, even. But I just want to uh, list the, some of the names that are on that trophy, and maybe you can uh, comment on as well. Uh, Jameis Winston, Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, uh, Zion Williamson. JJ Reddick, if anyone remembers watching him in March Madness back in the day for Duke, yeah. and uh, and of course uh, Michael Jordan's on that trophy as well. Um, holding that trophy, I'm assuming the names are written on it at some at some point of it. Uh, what what kind of feelings like uh, did you have uh, winning that trophy, and uh, 
and uh, maybe reflect on some of the memories you had about uh, that year. Yeah, it's uh, unbelievable uh, to see it, hear those names. Um, I forgot Zion was on there too. I mean, that's just, yeah, it's unbelievable. And uh, just a huge honor for me. Something I'll always remember. And I mean, it, I don't really <laughs> feel like I fit in with those guys, but uh, yeah, it was <laughs> unbelievable. Like, it's crazy honestly yeah. what was that what was that year like for you because i mean 2009 like it wasn't just a, like that was incredible what you went through yeah. i know like speaking with other athletes they'll kind of state that they kind of maybe got into a flow state and like it's almost like something that was just almost unconscious at the time for them like yeah what, what was it like for you there was definitely that there's um kind of before that actually there is uh kind of a cool story um so mike weir he um he actually took uh, eight juniors to California, paid for everything. And wow. uh, we got to play and practice with them for, I think, three or four days. And it mm-hmm. was just, like, unbelievable. You got to see a top ten. He, I think he was top ten of the world at, uh, at that time. And um, we just got to kind of see everything he does, um, see what a, you know a top guy in the world looked like and just how professional yeah. he was, how he practiced, just how he – kind of went about everything and I took a lot from that that was actually my freshman year learned a lot from that and then also a combination of that and um you know working with my coach Ralph Bauer who's a great coach working with tour guys and then the stuff with the Canadian national team so Mm -hmm. I felt like going into college that year I kind of had a little bit of an upper hand on guys I kind of knew what needed to be done and I just felt like I was become a lot more professional and um just tried to do that with everything um you know manage my game like a professional that was one thing that stood out and then the wins just i don't know they were they just kind of happened i mean and it was just <laughs> crazy i got on a run and then by i mean eventually i was like there was maybe a couple tournaments where like all right i'm gonna win this thing and then NCAAs came around and um I was on a good run but honestly I didn't even didn't expect to win it like I was just trying to play solid yeah. and have a good week and have a good finish and maybe you know win the player of the year that was kind of my goal and got in there and uh just kind of learned a lot from my past few events and yeah it was just crazy Okay, quickly before before our technical difficulties and having you getting on here, Gibber uh, read out some of the names that are participated in that NCAA uh, that championship tournament. Gibber, can you list off like maybe I don't know how many names I, I you want to make it long, but so. just for our <laughs> listeners, and it might bring a smile to Matt Hill's face here because it brought a smile to mine. So for all of our Sunday Red listeners who may not know Matt Hill. Matt Hill at the 2009 NCAA Division I Championships beat all the likes of Kyle Stanley, Ricky Fowler, Russell Henley, Morgan Hoffman, Billy Horschel, Cameron Tringali, Peter Uline, Kevin Tway, Wesley Bryan, Harris English, Dylan Fratelli, Luke Guthrie, Bud Colley, and the list goes on and on and on and on and on. on. No, not a big deal. Yeah. Right. We're here just to be pumping the tires for Hills oh, today. Let me tell yeah, you, thanks, boys. Oh, the, only, the only kind of flow I get into with that is through is on Golden Tea when you're talking through like how many oh, wins yeah. you got in a row. Maybe I can do that with Golden. So, None of us can really. You step up with a fresh beer. I'm gonna win this thing. You can give yourself the same pep talk. <laughs> so, 
Oh, but like, what was your biggest weapon? I, I, I've obviously never played golf with you before, but like, was it the putter? Was it the iron play? Like kind of just driving it down the middle and in play? Like, can you talk about your strengths as far as, uh, we're going to lead off the golf questions here shortly, but, uh, I do want to hear about the strengths of the game. Yeah. Um, that year I drove it really well. And I also, uh, hit like the stinger three wood kind of like tiger. I, uh, mm-hmm. hit that thing all over the place and hit it really well. So I just felt like that was kind of a money club that I felt like I was doing that probably better than anyone else. Like I felt like I could, that was a go-to. I could hit that thing anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, irons were really solid and then short game. Um, I really worked on my short game a lot. Uh, first couple of years at school, uh, we had a good, really good facility there at NC state, really good short game facility and spent tons of time and had a lot of games with the boys and a lot of fun. And, uh, also just seeing Mike Weir's how good his short game was from that, um, from that time we spent together in California, that was huge. So really worked hard on that and the wedges and just the scoring clubs and uh, just trying to shoot good scores. And even if my swing didn't feel that great or whatever, I was, I felt like I was able to get two, three, you know, shoot a couple under, whereas guy, other guys in college that, you know, maybe not are feeling that good, maybe weren't making as good of decisions or maybe the short game wasn't there and they're shooting 76 to 77. So I felt like, that was uh, that was a big thing to um, you know to be able to win to be able to shoot a couple under even on my bad days. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. which is, is you will. I, I'm just looking at the leaderboard here again. That at uh, the NCAA's, it's at Inverness. Like that is like, yeah. that's a tour course. The three rounds, six nine, six nine, six nine. So clearly, you had a game plan. You didn't vary from it, and yeah. <laughs> you know, good you number. Night, yeah. yeah, nice. <laughs> 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 you had a puffer six eight on the last round, last day. You're like, nah, I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna miss that one just a little bit to the left. <laughs> Love it. Love it. All right, we're gonna, uh, yeah, Matt, we're gonna move into a fan favorite segment here. I know you've heard it. What's your handicap? Yeah. Um, yeah. Kari's gonna lead it off here. I don't know if we need an explanation, so we might just jump in because he knows what he knows what it's about. Oh. I've been I've been waiting for that moment because I I butcher the explanation of it every single time. But uh, yeah, let's jump into things. We'll play a little bit of music here for you. What is your handicap? Alrighty. Okay. So I don't have to do any explanations. I just will give the order. So, uh, Simo, Gibber, then myself, we'll at least ask two. Um, I actually ruined this in the Pendrith interview, which is, uh, which was our, I guess it would be airing the week pre- prior to this one. We never got one from him, so we'll have to get him to send us one. But Matt, hopefully, um, hopefully you can think of a few at the end of this, uh, so you can give us, um, but it cannot, unfortunately, iron covers. A uh, ball retriever in the bag have both been taken. So you're going to have to get a little bit of original. So CMO, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, I'll lead it off here. All right, Matt. Um, maybe you're practicing on the golf course. Buddy rolls up. He's got all head to toe the same gear on. Whether it's Puma, whether it's Nike, whatever. He shows up. He's got the hat, shirt, pants, and shoes. He's got everything on. What's his handicap? Um... Non-professional, I guess, is the best way to. As yeah, well. I'm gonna say those guys love golf, so they're probably like, I'd say like a 18. 
Oh, not, I thought like, you were going to oh, go lower. I thought you were going lower. I can agree with you on that one. Yeah. Yeah, they got the Golf Town special. Yeah, they show up the 40% off sale oh, yeah. and they got everything. <laughs> yeah. it, like, I mean, I understand like matching and like trying to like pattern yourself up correctly, but like for some reason, when someone like wears all like the same logoed stuff it just and they're not a tour player or not a professional it just it just seems a little bit goofy to me and i just i feel like it just doesn't look natural you know what i mean you look at all the good amateurs like that play whatever you want to say like usam canadian m and stuff like that they have like their own like unique amateurs have their own unique style and i feel like those guys just missed the boat on it so they can't play good golf i thought you were gonna go lower um, for me that's like a 10 10 and up i think all right yeah so so i i gotta i think this is a good one for you um so guy all religiously carries a club of the opposite hand in his bag (laughs) i've seen that before um maybe for chipping or putting i've seen a couple uh couple decent guys that putt left-handed i'm gonna say it could even i've seen like a four or a five wow yeah. Wow. Oh, I like wow. it. I Chipper like that. Some other guys that can't chip right-handed, they try something else. All right. All right. I, I can appreciate that. I like the that. strategic major. Yeah. When you said that, Jack, I was thinking he throws like a seven iron just in case he's up against the root of a tree or something. <laughs> yeah, that's where I was going with. I, I like that he gave a different angle. I appreciate I, I, that. I should have said in the, it, it's not the putter, and they use it at least once around. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, my turn. Yeah. Okay. Let's, uh, um, this one's about the practice swings, uh, will not hit, uh, hit a golf shot or address the ball until they have that perfect practice swing. So they could be, I don't know. You have buddies at home that like need to sweep the grass that perfect way before they actually hit, make a swing on the ball. Uh, that's, that's pretty high probably. Uh, gotta be 20. Oh, perfect. That's what I had written down. (laughs) You're getting good at this. Round two. Huge divot on the first. Huge divot on the first swing. That drives me nuts when someone just lays the soft. Steven Ames Ames had a perfect practice swing every time. Really? But he (laughs) just do it the same. He didn't have to keep doing it until it was perfect, though. So yeah, just like. I don't. For some reason, even like a full a full speed practice swing seems just ridiculous to me. I don't know. Like you never see a good player do that. I don't think. No. Like maybe Ames, a couple. Go back to watch some Ames. He's the only one that I could think of. He just had it like perfect, <laughs> and then he just sat in there and striped. Like, holds the finish too. Have <laughs> yeah. you seen uh, Matt? Have you seen the video of the guy like he, he's chipping in? It's like a little bit uh, wet out, and he like chips like I don't know. He's like three yards behind his ball, and the little divot goes and hits his ball and moves it forward, and he just looks at his caddy yeah. like, "What do we do from here?" <laughs> <laughs> That's what that reminded yeah. me of. There, it's so funny. Yeah, All right, going round two here. Yeah. So, uh, buddy shows up on the range, reaches into the bag, and pulls out his fresh. Fish net of golf balls straight from Walmart. Ah, uh, thirty. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was going to say there's yeah, probably 30. thirty balls in there too. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a good chance he might be asking you for a couple nugs throughout yeah. the day. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got a couple yeah. gems yeah, in there. Maybe you found a couple Titleist, yeah, DT solos yeah. are in there. Yeah, <laughs> the second round of the year, and he gets a whole dozen for the. Around, <laughs> love it. Uh, so I got uh, I got another one here. Um, 
shows up to the golf course wearing a visor with the hair attached to it. Ooh. That's tricky. I haven't seen that one lately. Maybe a couple <laughs> years ago. Uh, 25. Like it. Okay. That's 18th <laughs> being low here. Yeah. We're going yeah. high on this segment. Now, yeah. that, now that we're building this off, I'm going to start throwing a low kind of low handicap thing in there just so we get some uh, diversity in there. But my, my next one, unfortunately, is probably a pretty high one. But I know everyone at one point in their life has seen this. It's like hits the rope on the driving range and all the balls just like scatter everywhere. <laughs> the people down the line get like the spray from that. the ball. <laughs> Okay, so it's like we're talking about scratch territory, maybe. But. Actually, yeah, I, had a, I think it was like two years ago. My wife was reminding me of I was on the range at a corn fairy event, and um, I tripped over the uh, rope on the practice range, and I fell over behind me and knocked the whole, the whole thing of cheese down. <laughs> and there was probably like six or seven guys on the range. It was after the round, luckily it wasn't before, but it's pretty embarrassing. Oh, that's yeah, crazy. I've done that. <laughs> i've done that another funny story i think i was like 13 years old and a, a pro at my uh, home track was playing a canadian tour event he's like call him will you caddy for me this guy's bag his strap was so big i had to wrap it around once underneath and the only time the camera was on him it let loose and i took the back feet and i fell right in a bunker real story <laughs> <laughs> You know what I got for that day? A dozen balls and a glove. Huge. Oh, that is, yeah, that's, a, that's a big day right there. Oh, that's, that's more than I get from a few of my buddies. Let me tell you that for sure. All right, Matt, your turn, man. You've heard, uh, you've heard two from all of us. You, you got to lean into the what's your handicap. You got one for us? Um, cargo shorts and the towel hanging from his back pocket. <laughs> Love that. That's fantastic. Uh, to me, um, the towel in the back pocket is auto 15 up for sure. The cargo shorts, it depends how, what kind of cargo shorts there are because Tiger, unfortunately, is wearing like the little side pocket. I don't know if you guys have seen those, those photos of him pumping gas, but, uh, so they're all lucky. There's no towel hanging from them, but to have that combo, yeah, it, 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 uh, increases your handicap exponentially at that point. I'm with you. Uh, I think the cargo shorts are an auto 15. I think the towel in the oh. pocket, I've actually seen some pretty decent players throw a towel in the pocket. So, uh, you know what? I'm going to say this guy's a 12. I'm going to say he can get it around. Yeah. He's got no style. He's maybe 42. Um, single. single. That's what I got. <laughs> cleanest, cleanest grooves on the course for sure. So I'm going to go two ways with this one. So it's cargo shorts with the towel in the back pocket. I'm going to say it's a, a 12 and up. But the moment he puts that towel in the cargo pocket, this is a 36 plus. <laughs> okay. Is it dangling out of the cargo pocket or is it like Velcroed no, in? It's, it's pushed in there and it's put in, you know, yeah, yeah. he's just carrying it. It looks like his legs, uh, you know, looking like Sidney Crosby's legs about, uh, you know, 25 inches wide. <laughs> Matt, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, Webb Simpson, I don't know when it was was but the picture resurfaced a few weeks ago of him he actually had a club cleaner hooked up on the belt oh, yeah. buckle okay so i want to know from you what's the goofiest thing you've seen uh so far playing professional golf what's the goofiest you've seen see, something you've seen that someone's had i saw this guy 
um, I think he might be on the corn ferry now, but he like he carries a two by four around with him. It's pretty big too. Like has it on the putting green. Like I mean, he can't even putt to his hole. This thing is huge. I mean, that's pretty goofy. <laughs> what does he use it for? Place with you. I guess it's like his putting training aid, or I don't know, something like that. But uh, that's I don't know. That's kind of weird. <laughs> is it like customized or is it just like a piece of two by four just like a big piece that he like maybe shaped himself or something but uh oh, kind of weird <laughs> wow i uh what were you talking about putting to his hole on the putting green but like how many times has his caddy just been like man i'm not gonna caddy for you if you keep hauling this thing around <laughs> event to event like obviously it's not in his bag but like bringing that thing through the clubhouse to the putting green every time would be a nightmare oh yeah yeah, it'd be, uh, it'd be strange every day. Yeah, <laughs> okay, I I do have some rapid fire questions for you. Yeah, yeah, you can answer them as uh, as lengthy or as quick as you want. Doesn't matter. Um, top three movies, any genre. Um, I don't know. If, not in order. Um, Shawshank Redemption. Good choice. Um. probably dumb and dumber those are both in my top three so far so you're two for two dumb and dumber and uh um man those are my top two what about the departed that's always like that's included in my top three Um, i don't know if that would be in my top um i don't know probably like uh one of the batman movies those are pretty oh, good. That's some nice. good ones. Yeah. I, I used to, when we... I was a kid. Well, when I was a kid for like probably a while, I loved that Freeze one. I was, oh, I was yeah. a big fan of that growing up. So <laughs> good. That's so so had, had you have said semi pro there, Matt, Kari would have been driving straight oh. to Jupiter right now just to be with you and be you know, <laughs> did we just become best friends? In the garage. Um, okay. Uh <laughs> Favorite type of chips? Um, Miss Vicky salt and vinegar. Oh, we're boys. Uh, I like that. Nice choice. Yeah. Um, Mario Kart sixty four character. Um, Yoshi. Oh yeah, perfect. The rain line with me. What about you, yeah. Simo? What was your go to character? Yeah. Uh, Yoshi was the first thing I thought of. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Same with me. Yoshi. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh yeah, you would be. You would be a Luigi <laughs> guy. Maybe sometimes um, Bowser if I'm feeling a little, you know? Yeah, a little edgy. Um, that... Let's go back to the NC State thing for a second, just because I know we addressed the the golf and, uh, and the accolades and the wins and stuff like that. But outside of the golf tournament portion of it, what was, like, your best golf memories uh, there and best off-course memories as well, just at the, the school itself? Um. The football games were a blast, tailgating. Um, that was pretty cool. Um, I'm actually going to. I got kicked out of the stadium once for drinking in the stadium. <laughs> Did you tell them who you were? <laughs> that was. Uh, <laughs> everybody's doing it. So. Yeah. What were you no, doing I was that? Like... Not to. <laughs> what, what, uh, what were you doing that made you stand out to everyone else? I'm confused. I don't know. It was like. I don't know. There are hawks in there. I just, I didn't even, I got something passed to me, like a bottle, and I just drank it. And I'm like, oh, that tastes pretty good. 
And oh, yeah. then like 10 minutes later, some guy comes down. We were not even anywhere close to where there was cops or anything. Some guy, they're in binoculars up there and uh, came down and grabbed our whole row and <laughs> we were done. <laughs> it's been a golf fan. He had his eyes on you. What, you didn't what try to quarter was it? Uh, yeah, what quarter was it? What quarter was it? Ah, uh, good question. <laughs> I think it was actually right before halftime. Yeah, we were, we were having a good time. Yeah, it was, like, it was uh, pregame. There, the kickers were uh, out there warming up, and uh, yeah. I got the boot. Yeah, that's like such an unbelievable experience, though. And you go to like a college stadium, and you get like everyone. It's a, it's a, they get the band going, everyone's cheering, the camaraderie. Like uh, yeah. it's unmatched. Even you go to an NFL game, it's unmatched. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and uh, we had the um, Hurricanes right there, too. It's basically attached to our football um, stadium. So oh, that's, that's another cool. reason why I think some of the Canadian boys went there. So, are <laughs> oh, uh, you a yeah, Canes fan, then? No, I grew up a Colorado fan, actually. I was a big, uh, big Joe Sackey fan growing up. Yeah, I would never all that. My wall. I remember the, their playoff runs against, like, the Florida Panthers, I think. I think it went to like trip that's like my most memorable playoff game is when it went to like triple overtime or whatever florida had the rat thing going yeah. on and they, they ended up scoring with that point shot uh past the beezer i'll never yeah. forget that i was, it was on the other night actually i watched it oh I watched, uh, second and third overtime just randomly stumbled across it and uh, yeah yeah it was that was awesome was cool. One of the most memorable playoff series. Uh, I asked yeah. this to, to each of our guests, so I'm sure you've heard it before, but the, the question originated with the walk-up music for the Zurich Classic. If you had a partner and you wanted to walk to the tee with uh, a little bit of music, uh, maybe two-part. What song would you come out to? And did, was there any tournaments in the NC2A that, uh, that had walk-up music or like a certain crowd uh, that would like students would come out to a certain hole or anything like that? Because I've heard, I think I've heard some stories about that before. Um. We didn't have any walk-up music at um, any of our events, unfortunately. We're um, going to change that. Yeah. We're, we need an uh, event to have. I'd probably uh, probably like some Drake or something. Oh, nice. Trophy, Is there trophies? I mean, that's a good one. Yeah. 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 Perfect. I think that would be uh, 0 to 100. Those are two, two of the top ones. Um, a couple of the Jays guys had them, and they were pretty cool. Yeah, see, you need and you need to talk to your your boys on the PGA and get them uh, some good music choices because the, the, yeah. they've uh, they've struggled thinking about it. Even though we're, we know they know we're going to ask it, so you delivered yeah. there. We appreciate that. Tragically hip too. Those would be oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. for the Canadian Canadian boys. Yeah. It, yeah. It's going to so, have to be like a mashup. <laughs> excluding the Canadian boys and excluding, say, someone like excluding Tiger, who would be your dream pairing? at the Zurich um like partner or pair yeah. Partner. Partner. partner um no Canadians um pretty good buddies with Daniel Berger played quite a bit with him nice. down here. so uh he'd be uh he'd probably be up there he's very competitive cocky um, yeah plus his, wife's, plus his wife plus his wife's not bad to look at <laughs> i would be i would want to be paired with him too and just just throwing it out there so that that means you're in the inner circle with burger and uh and brooksy too then no not brooks i don't know, I don't know. <laughs> but... 
Uh, yeah, Berger, I mean, he has a very unique move, but like, uh, yeah. even uh, his recent form, I know he was battling maybe some injuries there recently, but his recent form on the PGA Tour, he's starting to scratch up some, when he plays well, it's top 10 almost consecutive weeks, so uh, yeah. he's one of the guys, I obviously have never spoken with him or whatever, he's one of the guys I cheer for, uh, yeah. cheer for in PGA Tour events. Actually, um, it was... Uh... In January, I got a call from a buddy to go play uh, Jordan's new course. Mm-hmm. And we played with, um, showed up there and played with, it was me and Berger against him, uh, John Kern and Keegan Bradley. And oh. uh, Berger, I hadn't played with Berger in a while, actually, and uh, he striped it, hit it nice. That was right before his run. And uh, mm-hmm. I played with him like twice that week. And, uh, yeah, he played good. He's like six or seven under. He actually went back to his old irons, like, the 2011 or 12 tailor-made irons. Yeah. He went we, back, we left the Callaway and went to those and he was hitting them nice. So I think that's definitely, uh, been a bit of a confidence boost for him. Got him going. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he needs tailor-made to make a few more runs of those irons because he's been playing them. <laughs> the college days and he's hanging on to those things for dear life like that they're oh, like yeah. i think they're like 11 version of the mcs with the bolt in the back yeah um, that's them yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and that actually leads me to my next point simo if you don't mind me taking over here um we do have a uh equipment segment on this podcast called wrench talk and uh we talk about uh i mean before we started doing the interview thing we talk about golf specifics on equipment um we talked to a couple, obviously, the PGA guys from Canada. They're not much uh, gear junkies, unfortunately, so I'm having trouble having that conversation sometimes. Um, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much are you a gear junkie or care about your equipment they have in your bag? Um, I'm probably like a 2 or a 3. Pretty low. Okay. Over 4. <laughs> I don't really like to switch much, and I don't know. I don't really know much about my shafts. Oh. I have to go back to my old emails to see, like, what shafts I'm playing and like my grip size and all that. And I'm not really researching clubs that much. I just, I go get fit for kind of what I need. And yeah, I don't really know. There's going to, there's going to be a change to our wrench talks. Yeah, there's going to be a change to our wrench talk segments, unfortunately, because like you guys don't care about your equipment as much as I think you do. Um, But what, let's just. Yeah, and you know what? We will discuss that at some point uh, at length as far as the age factor goes and like having the ability to get fit with TrackMan and stuff like that. But what? give us a run-through of what's in your bag as far as... I know you were a Titleist guy at one point. Obviously, mm-hmm. you are playing some Nike product uh, a couple years ago, but uh, tell us what's in your bag now and uh, and what you prefer to look at, maybe. Something something simple. Um, I got the TaylorMade, the new oh. Supermax driver. Mm-hmm. Pretty much all TaylorMade. Um, oh. and then Seymour putter. So I okay. went to TaylorMade, I don't know, a couple of years ago mm-hmm. and, uh, love the woods. Um, yeah, it's solid, really good stuff. Everything's good. Um, yeah. so yeah, I went to, been playing TaylorMade the last couple of years, Pro VX ball. Um, cool. that was my next the question. Yeah. They, and the, the, what's, I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. And then the Seymour putter. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you talk about the Pro VX. I know Titleist like switched. Um, they were originally like the Pro V1X and Pro V1 and the different profiles. In the recent years, they've switched those profiles. So like the original yeah. Pro V1 kind of became the Pro V1X. The Pro V1X went to the Pro V1. What what if you know what model? Like the newest Pro V1X is that correct? Yeah. Okay. I just, yeah. Just I didn't even switch whatever they said. I just was like, now nah, I'm playing the X. So. 
Gotcha. So <laughs> it seems the same to me. It seems good. So yeah, I'm just stick with it. So Perfect. I have a question. When you started playing the X, why did you pick the X? Is it the same reason why I I I, I would have picked the X? I actually did. I did try the the Pro V, and I just like the feel of it around the green. Okay, so it wasn't the, a the feel. Wasn't a matter of red number versus black number. None. No, I mean more mostly feel. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm glad you said feel there. The Holy smokes! I like the. I've been using that ball since I can remember. So it was like I don't know. Since they came out with them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, go ahead, Simo, if you have one lined up. Uh, sure. Well, I was going to say about the ball, first of all, they're not like me where I fiddle with it, where if I didn't have a good round with the X, I'm going with the Pro V. And then I'm switching her back. It's a lot of back and forth. I need a lot of balls in the bag for that. Go ahead. Um, where I kind of want to lead into, we've been talking a lot about your amateur career. Obviously, you know, you have uh, goals, aspirations of being on the PGA Tour. What was the biggest, or what was the biggest eye opener transition for you, playing the amateur game and moving towards the professional game? Um, I would say um, just uh, you're doing everything on your own. I mean, you're pretty much on your own out there as a professional amateur events i felt like i was always with somebody with national team or a team or everything was done for me so i felt like you definitely have to learn um you know grow up and be more responsible um for the pro game i mean playing for money is definitely different um yeah you're making playing for the cut playing for the weekends different than amateur golf so yeah i mean it's it's uh, quite a bit different at the end of the day you're just trying to play golf and shoot the best score you can um easier said than done but um you know those are things i'm you know always still trying to get better at so what did uh what was the schedule like for you for this upcoming year where, where were you looking to play i was gonna just um kind of what i did last year i did um some corn fairy um monday qualifiers um yeah a lot of those the last year and uh felt like i was i got my gave myself a few chances and um I felt like even, you know, this off season I've gotten better and feel like I've improved my game. So um, I was going to do that again and then just, you know, play whatever mini tour I could to stay sharp, but um, just kind of focus on that. And my goal is just to basically get on the corn ferry and then the PJ tour. That's the ultimate goal. And, you know, hopefully um, join uh, Mac and Corey and Gleggs and the boys and, you know, just sure, keep man. getting better and, I know I'm 31 now, but I'm not really putting a time on it. I'm just doing what I love to do, and I love golf, and you know I can't really see myself doing anything else right now. So uh, you know, just hopefully, um, hopefully we can get through this pandemic soon, and yeah, you know, everything is, you know, it may not return all the way back to normal, but um, you know, get through this as good as we can, and then um, kind of figure out golf after that so so you talk about when you're in the the corn fair you're hitting the the monday qualifiers um i know you, you had a lot of really good success with the monday qualifiers and you know in the golf world those are considered the toughest events to 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 get through and i, I think last year when i was talking to simon and you did it three four maybe five times uh, yeah. like getting in through the Monday qualifiers. So what's the mindset you're putting yourself oh, no. into on that? Uh, Cause you have to shoot ridiculous numbers to get into these events, like in the neighborhood of, you know, 
sub 65 even right and you know what, what's your formula so uh last year i kind of um almost had like um kind of like a mindset where uh so let's say there's 80 guys in the event and there are six spots if i can prepare i mean better than all those guys you know check out the course get there a little bit earlier you know make sure i'm feeling good is there's guys that they're good players, but they'll show up Sunday night and I'll play a practice round. So I feel like I got an upper hand on those guys. And then you got the guys who are, you know, might not be as good. So I feel like I'm probably going to beat those guys most of the time. And then it's almost like a Brooks Kepka thing where he said, you know, there's really only 20 or 30 guys that I got to worry about. And I mean, it's kind of similar to the Monday queue if, you, if your uh, preparation is good that, you know, there's really only, you know, I'm really only got to beat 20, 30 guys. And if I do a better job than then getting to get, uh, figure out the course, then, um, you know, I can, all I got to do is just go out there and try and execute. And I felt like I was starting to have some pretty good success. I got into three of them and then, um, sorry, my daughter's waking up. Right here. <laughs> we'll let you go in two, yeah, we'll let you go in about two minutes here. <laughs> no, my wife, she's got her. Uh-huh. <laughs> so uh, yeah but that was uh that was kind of my mindset after a while and then i said you know i'm just just go out and try and shoot a good number and um and kind of have an idea what you got to shoot to out there but um yeah it's just um just try and play well and give yourself your best chance that's yeah, awesome so- yeah, that's it's unbelievable. I think that is a true testament to the game you have. Like, obviously, you know, I want every we're pulling for you, the Sunday Red Boys here. Uh, but to be able to Monday qualify for you know and and to to get in those events and do it consistently is it shows you how good your game is. And there's no doubt in my mind we're we're gonna see Maddie Hill jumping into the winner's circle on the PGA Tour. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Thanks, boys. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I, I believe in myself and believe in my game, and um, you know, working hard on um, you know the all the little stuff to try and get a little bit more distance. I think will help me, and then um, I feel like the rest of my game is is pretty much right there. I play a lot of golf with those guys, so I I kind of know where mm-hmm. I stand. Um, and yeah, I mean, I you just gotta believe in yourself, and then um, kind of put the pedal down. Awesome. It was Matt. It was awesome to talk to you. I, I mean, I've never met you personally before, but um, seeing your resume is like we talk about the amateur, uh, uh, the, even the professional uh, game that you've uh, that in the last couple of years. Uh, like you said, we believe in your game. We're happy you took the time to talk to us, and and we'll be following you like uh, you like you wouldn't believe uh, through uh, the 2020 season once we get back going here. Yeah. Thanks a lot, boys. Uh, before we let you jump off, Matt, can I have yeah. two more minutes. Yeah. <laughs> two more minutes of your time. There's one thing we forgot to ask. We've asked every one of our, our two questions, kind of our fan writing questions. Uh, we can't let you go without you asking this. Uh, the one question, Saturday round with the boys, how many beers are you putting back in 18 holes? Um, I shot a course record doing that, I think, twice. That's <laughs> Tied it. Uh, I, think I, was, I think I was like five or six. Perfect. Right. That nice window. Boys. All right. Uh, yeah. Uh, more than that, can. I don't know. <laughs> the, the law of diminishing Mine returns. 
<laughs> so, so then, then the other one, obviously you're an Ontario boy. We've been trying to give some love to some of the local tracks. Um, if you were to say your top two, three golf courses in, and you know, if it's Sarnia where you grow up or yeah. even in Ontario where you've played, who would you like to give a shout out to say, you know, kind of the, if it's unknown, if it's known, but just to give some love. Yeah. So, um, I'll maybe spend a, a little bit more time with this. Um, because I'm a huge, huge golf course architecture fan. Um, I'm just really into that. Uh, I love trying to play different courses. Um, I'll go with my the top top five in Ontario. Um, yeah, I, I like Sarnia. that. Sarnia Golf Club's great. I grew up there. It's a nice, nice old track. Really fun. It wouldn't be quite be my top five, but I would say the Nationals one. Love that place. Um, <laughs> Love getting beat up by it. Uh, <laughs> so does Jack. Been there, there the buddy. Kern. I've been there. Um, had a little success there in the Ben Kern, so that's uh, that's been nice. And uh, yeah, I love that place. It's awesome. Um, Hamilton's Hamilton's probably too great track. Um, Red Tail played Red Tail quite a bit. Gotten to know uh, the owner Chris Goodwin. Great guy, and um, gotten to play there a lot. I love that place. These are some high pedigree tracks you're listing off right now. Yeah. Um, yeah St. George's would probably be right there. Um, and then um, trying to think of if there's any like hidden gems. Um, St. Thomas is probably the St. T. Oh, yeah. Number five. Great little track. Uh, yeah. Good test, too. Got some pretty uh pretty dicey greens so that's a good one those cool first three holes will Saint catch you thomas <laughs> as yeah. Car- Carrie had the infamous seven 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 started <laughs> that's <ain't> T. <laughs> <laughs> even part of the rest of the round or no sorry i guess one over i think it was oh, below the hole out there sure. oh, let me tell you i wish you would have said that before my first tee shot yeah. <laughs> that's unbelievable <laughs> um we will have to get you back on again because we didn't even scratch the surface of the architecture yeah. thing and i know you've played yeah. some amazing golf courses i'm a i'm a somewhat of a minor architecture fan because i haven't played as many tracks as you have around uh, yeah. north america but uh, hopefully we can talk to you uh, again at some point and uh, we'll get into the golf course uh, side of things for sure yeah love to love to okay awesome Thanks for awesome, coming, buddy. Thanks, Thanks so much Bob, for uh, for jumping on, everyone. Uh, hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, subscribe, share this out with a buddy you feel like would really enjoy listening to today's episode. We'll be back next week. Until then, keep swinging. Keep swinging, baby. <laughs>
this for me though I'm just trying to stay alive and take care of my people And they don't have no award for that Trophies Trophies And they don't have no award for that Shit don't come with trophies Ain't no envelopes to open I just do it cause I'm supposed Bitch, to I go to dreams with a suitcase I got my whole country on a new way She like I heard all your niggas stay where you stay How so big I haven't seen them boys in two days Bitch I use a walkie talkie just to get a beverage I saw my parents split up right after the wedding That told my ass to stay committed, fuck the credit Bitch check the numbers, I'm the one who really get it I told y'all motherfuckers, man this shit is not a love song This a doing me and only God can judge song I do not know what the fuck you thought it was song Pop some fucking champagne in a tub song Nigga just because song What's the move? Can I tell the truth? If I was doing this for you then I have nothing left to prove Nah, this for me though I'm just trying to stay alive and take care of my people And they don't have no award for that Trophies Trophies And they don't have no award for that Shit don't come with trophies, ain't no envelopes to open, I just